I don't need your endorsement, I don't need reinforcement Giving you your last warning, cause I'm at my prime All right. Hey, everybody. It's Ed Mazzucchelli with The Truth Behind Fitness. I have the pleasure. Two weeks in a row, I get to sit down with some great friends, and I have the pleasure today. I'm going to move over because I'm out of camera here. Um, with uh, Christine McDonough, who try, I don't even know how long it's been. Eight, eight, eight years. Eight years. <laughs> that was way too quick. She answered that way too quick. 2013. Um, so uh, we started out... Um, we met through Alicia. No. No. Stacy. Was it you first and then yeah. Alicia? Okay. Yes. Um, client of mine at the time that I was training for competitions. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys were either friendly with or worked out or something like she that. She was range. a member at a, a gym that you guys went to? Yes. Okay. Or I was her, it was a kickboxing gym, so I was her coach there. Got it. Got it. Um, and then you guys came to me and we sort of like hooked up to do some training potentially yeah. for some competition, not initially. I don't yeah. think that was the initial um start off but so uh you know then we did our first show together and mm -hmm. um we'll kind of discover like kind of where that relationship went and kind of where we went but tell us um tell us a little bit about you yeah because that's what they really want to hear they've heard me talk for months now right. so they want to hear about <laughs> other people break up that monotony. so um you know one of the things we do with truth beyond fitness is sort of talk about you know, we try to break myths. Mm -hmm. um, we try to get people. Um, I I feel like in the day of Instagrams and Facebook and social media just in general that there's a, a very disinformation information age, mm -hmm. and so I feel it's all curated, edited, nothing. It's all on the editing room floor. Right. We don't see bad days a lot of the time. It's not real and raw. Right. So it's it's not just uh, good days, bad days, but it's also like, um, you know, it's like the finished product, right? right? It's yeah. almost like a bodybuilding show, right? Yeah. right? Like no one sees the work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. They just come and show up that day and they're like, wow, you yeah. look amazing. Like, yeah. that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, you don't realize. You like, didn't see me on a Wednesday at the end of a carb cycle <laughs> yeah, when I was exactly. like, kills my nail Exactly. Yeah. So um, tell us or tell them about yeah. your like experience with fitness before I met you. Sure. And then, um, you know, that experience during it and, you know. Yeah. Microphone is it, yours. Excellent. And I can don't. get real. And Yeah, man. All right. Cool. Give it up. So um, I grew up as an athlete because truthfully, I think it was a, it was uh, prioritized in my family. Parents were both active. Um, by the time they were my parents, though, they were just, mom would walk every week, you know, every day. Dad would spend his, um, he would go in bouts of being on and off the Atkins diet. Mom went to Weight Watchers, but dad would be out in the yard, you know, and that's how I kind of understood health as an adult but they got me into sports and i excelled at them i was pretty good naturally at a lot of stuff which was great um i was also thicker as a kid and had more of that athletic build um when i was in season i slimmed down when i was out of season i wasn't taught how to eat properly so i would fluctuate you know but yeah. then fall would come back around and in fact to what we were yeah um and so that i anytime you put me on the court or the field or whatever, excelled. I had an identity. I was McD. I was a goal getter. I was the leader of the team, no matter what, even if coming in as a younger kid, I might not have been the captain, but I was somebody you could trust. Right. And, uh, so held that badge of honor, but I also struggled with my weight. Uh, I mean, I remember being in a weight watchers meeting with my mom at 12, mm -hmm. um, because she didn't know how to coach somebody young. Mm -hmm. 
and you know that did some damage on its own and i've worked through it we're fine now we've we're gone okay. <laughs> we're, we're fine. gonna be fine we'll unpack that on the next podcast but uh, you know it just gave me a warped sense of how to handle this and then you get thrust into college and i was so exhausted from not having a real life because outside of sports i would i had a job and i babysat and i was always busy 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 mm-hmm. and i would miss family vacations or not being able to entertain them you know where my cousins were going to the vineyard every you know on mm-hmm. a long camping weekend and i couldn't do it because i had softball team right right so i got to college and i was like i'm done <laughs> um and i found i was friends with all the athletes and that was dynamite because i still had that community and culture but you know i also the football players like to eat buffalo chicken calzones at 2 a.m when i thought i could hang yes we did i didn't i didn't hang very well so <laughs> wait you know i gained a bunch of weight and i fluctuated in and out but i went from being in high school very involved working a few jobs being a community member being involved in my youth group to come to college and i'm basically going to, to school partying I went to the gym one time. I was on the elliptical. I was like, this is for the birds. This is <laughs> fun, right? Yeah. Like I'm not running up and down a court. I can do that for an hour. But an elliptical for an hour? Yeah. Are you kidding? So, yeah. And it's not typical that women are invited into the weight room. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even until my senior year that my football friends were like, hey, come over here with us. And so I monkeyed with it mm-hmm. a little bit. But I back then thought if I lift, I'm going to get bigger. And that was the last thing I wanted. Right. Um. So I landed myself in a pretty deep depression by senior year. And in retrospect, it was because movement was out of my life. Community was out of my life. Mm-hmm. All of those things that were tenants and part of my lifestyle braid were gone. Um, and I had only, you know, it was only an elastic effort to like, all right, school's starting. I got to lose weight over the summer. And like one summer it was venti, skinny, caramel macchiatos and cigarettes. Yeah. I looked type in yeah, the fall, yeah, but yeah. then college lifestyle comes back around. Right. So, um, was a nanny after college, poured my energy into that family, those families, cause I, whatever, put it together. But, you know, I remember this was the moment it changed. One of the kids, I was sitting on the curb. One of the functions came up to me, wanted me to play. I poked the straw in the juice box. I handed it back and I chose to sit there and not be active instead. Mm. And that like really crushed me on a level, not in that moment, but when I thought about it later, I'm like, I'm 20 something years old and I can't run around with this kid. Right. And the week at, the week before that we had played Wii tennis and I came away with like a, a sore, arm. sore, very sore arm. So I woke up, it was September 19, 2011. And I was like, I can't live this way because it was always different diet fats, different, like I was, I did Tony Horton beach body before it was a thing. Yeah. Right? Like all yep. that stuff. Yeah. Because I was desperate to find, you know, that's why they have those marketing ploys at 2 a.m. Because you're desperate yeah. to find help. Yeah. And it was the first on that September 19th. I'm like, it's got to be a lifestyle. And whether it's fitness or nutrition, maybe it's both in one day. But maybe if it's not, it's either or, you know, right. and I'm going to do my best. And that's like when it started. And then a year later, I left that to just jump into the fitness industry to manage a, a fitness facility. Left that under a year. So it wasn't the right fit. And then ran a gym for the last eight years um, and then continued my fitness journey because it was all centered around weight loss for mm-hmm. a long time. And that's when I met you because my, um, the woman who introduced us, Stacey, I saw this physique mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, cool. How do we get there? And it's another tool. Bodybuilding's yeah. it. That's yeah. how I lose the weight. That's how I get there. I know I've got the drive and determination. I just need the coach. Yeah. 
and I met you and I loved your energy to begin with. We were buddies from the first, yeah, we I remember it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, and so I trusted you and believed in it and went through it and took like a fish to water. But, you know, there's a lot that I did well and a lot that I didn't do well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's because I had like disordered eating. So not necessarily anorexia or bulimia, yeah, no, no, no. but like, I had issues surrounding food and yeah. I only, you know, that was eight years ago. I only started really working on those three years ago, mm -hmm. um, but it was a community again, right? It was right. a team. It was a leader yeah. who I aligned with and, and, you know, it was something to be a part of. And mm -hmm. I tried it for a, quite a long time. You can speak to more about my successes and I performed the hell out of my routine. I remember yeah, that. Routine was awesome. Um, never got to as lean as I thought I could or should or whatever. And what I did respect about, your approach was that you did not tell me at any point that it was a bad idea for me. You just supported me and let me come to it on my own and whether that was your method or not. But if you had told me this isn't really for you, I would have probably dug my heels in even deeper and tried harder. Mm. Right. At whatever cost. Yeah. Um, and so I left that and then went to CrossFit, um, which was more of a fit because it was more about athleticism. Sure. Right. And sure. It wasn't so much about the diet, but it did take me, three years to kind of come off of that eating without having anxiety. Yeah. Um, and then where else are we in the self-development thing? We're in the hell out of a gym, very successful business, uh, made my name known in that industry and yeah. that whatever. And it was dynamite. But again, that was a mask for I'm pouring all my energy into something and not focusing on self. And then mm -hmm. a breakup, just forced me to, you know, put a halt on the energy hemorrhage that I was giving to work, to the relationship, to his son, to all of it. And I turned the spotlight back on me and um, found a therapist and started doing the real work yeah. and for the first time. It wasn't anything. It was everything outside of the gym. Yeah. And my life changed and I'm at a very much, and then COVID happened and like I even stopped working out more. And so I've in the last let's call it year and a half, it's been more about what do I really need, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's the 23 other hours outside of the gym. Yeah. So now, um, I found Reiki. I'm an energy healer. I'm a wellness coach. I have my own business, but it's more about empowerment coaching and getting people to understand, like it starts with awareness and where you are mm -hmm. much like personal training. Like I did that for a number of years, but it's less, I don't want to count reps and sets right now. I need a break from that. I know. <laughs> I know. No, it's great. It's fine. It is that's great. Your I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I spent an entire lifetime, literally a lifetime doing that. Yeah. And it is hard. It's hard to get away from that mm -hmm. because, because the people that are drawn to it, people like ourselves that are drawn to be trainers, yes. we're not there because we want to count reps and stuff like that. We are there because we, we ultimately feel like we can help you change your life. Correct. Yeah. So the hard thing for us, much like bodybuilding actually, mm -hmm. is that it's not for well so my my career paralleled in some con, con, some re, respects what you're talking about for me so she was there actually the day i retired actually i cried she cried i i didn't know so i, I found his trunks in the garbage <laughs> can and i picked them up i showed alicia i go look yeah. Look at this, and then I like I was like, "Are you done?" You were like, "I think so." Yeah, I, yeah, we've 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 we're told fine. that we've told that story, <laughs> but um, I, I I know for for me as I got older, bodybuilding had become less about 
the winning and the, you know, the admiration as it was more of a personal thing for me. Mm. Um, but it, at, at the end, it, it had so much control over me. Right. And so when you, when you hear the word eating disorder, right. right. When we talk about that openly. Yeah. Um, and I don't deter people from doing bodybuilding or CrossFit or anything like that. Yeah. But there's a, there are some warning signs that you have Triggers, to be aware yeah. of. And so much like you said, three years, like me, I haven't competed. So Blake's six, so I haven't competed in six years. Right. And um, I would say last summer, and actually you were the first one to notice it because mm -hmm. we were at like a pool party. Yeah. And you're like, you look good. What are you doing? I was like, I don't really care about food anymore. Right. And I can, I said that in a way, like I eat really well yep. because I choose to, yeah. not because I have to, or I want to, or I, I hate to say it, care what other people it's think. It's not like a dire need any longer. I don't count things no. anymore. I don't, I'm, I don't consider myself a bodybuilder anymore. Mm -hmm. I lift because I enjoy it. I play healthy. basketball. Like I do a lot of other things that I had never done before. Mm -hmm. Part of that is because I, I'm a a spectator in your life. Mm -hmm. And so from afar, I am taking, and Christine knows this, that like, I'm not the one that's going to be like, I need this now. I need your help <laughs> because she's great about it. She understands like how I work. So she'll send me stuff in like a, like very indiscriminate, discreet type of way. Like, I know he needs this. So I'll say this now, but I won't overwhelm him. Cause I get overwhelmed. I'm not great with emotion. Um, emotion. Um, so well, it's the breadcrumbs, right? Like, it is. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's Hansel and Gretel, man. Mm -hmm. It's like the little things and you, you know, I'm good enough at picking those up. So at what, what I've taken away from the things that you, you have been sort of throwing out in the universe mm -hmm. is the choice matter, right? So like everything I do now based on the things, and I'll let you talk more about that. Cause I'm not I'm not a professional in this sure. matter, but it's what I've taken away from where you are now yeah. and the things that you're putting Which, out there. Back to our conversation when we worked out, I'm not a professional. You know what I mean? I am, right? But like in this realm, it's like I'm still, I'm, I'll am i always be a student. Well, I guess we're always learning yes. and that's what we're yeah. talking about. So like for both of us, bodybuilding was something that was a tool that we used mm -hmm. for different reasons, mm -hmm. right? Mine was insecurity because I was young and small. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the opposite, really. Well, mine was still insecure. Yours was insecurity, but, loss. but yeah. it was weight loss. Yeah. So like mine was about to be, because I wanted to be on par with my friends. I wanted to be bigger. Sure. I wanted to be like, I wanted them to look at me the way that they looked at like my buddy Joe, who was just huge, you okay. know? And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we get, so, and that happened. Sure. I built myself up enough that people were like, oh, like. Which is, and that's the harder goal in the gym, right? I, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe to some extent. It's more black and white. It's calories in, working hard, yep. whereas a lot of the weight loss and the it's self-development and it's behavioral control and it's a lot more of, it's, it's a, it's different. It's a different journey. I think when your metabolism's not, you know, set Oh, yeah, no, weight. there's a, and, and we talked about it in, in other previous things, like genetics is a huge place. Right massive role in bodybuilding yeah wait you you brought up something like my my you know my way or methodology when i meet somebody is if they're willing to go the distance mm -hmm. the, and i'm willing to take them on right because you connect with people right all right and we know from from previous for people we've had on teams mm -hmm. that 
they're you know wow he doesn't like me it's, no I'm no not, no I'm not he just doesn't connect right and that's and that and I got better at that as we went on too mm -hmm. I, I it, it got to a point where I, was, I couldn't connect with somebody I was like you know what I'm gonna do you a disservice right you're going to be disappointed yeah because you're not gonna get what you want out of this right there was a book that I uh, it was given to us at a conference and it's called book yourself solid and it's a book specifically for personal trainers mm -hmm. but this area you know bleeds into the rest of my life where you meet with somebody, you do the consultation. I need to make sure that you're a good fit for me because if you're not, yeah, I'd love to take your money. Sure. There's nothing more. Right. Let's fill up that cash bucket. However, I'm never going to look forward to our sessions. We're not going to align. It's going to end up being just a struggle for me when we should just be able to be passionate about what we do. Surround yourself with the people that do work and fit within right. your life. Right. Um, and they called it creating the velvet rope. And so, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah, spans yeah. from, yeah. I mean, family to friends, to business partners, to clients. It really, to things you like, uh, volunteer positions or where you decide to donate your money. Like it, it's create that circle that you truly, truly believe in. Right. But anyway, back no, to No, 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 no. I think it's, 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 <laughs> Listen, the beauty of a podcast is like we don't have to follow any format, which we're not, um, and we never do. It's right. just an open conversation about, you know, the fitness industry, um, the pluses and minuses of it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but I think one thing that people will take away from all of the podcasts is that there are parallels between the world, between sociology, between in the gym and its own culture and the way that it works. Yeah. You know, my methodology has always been, yes, I was an athlete in college, right? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. he's pretty um, good. I, I did all right, you know, yeah. but bodybuilding was something that I was passionate about from day one. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw, I want to say it was like either Schwarzenegger, I think it was Commando, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. I just saw Arnold and I still remember him like getting out of that boat that, and he, he rode in to like shoot everybody. <laughs> right. And I just, I remember like rewinding the VHS tape. Yes, there used to yeah. be VHS tapes just to like watch. I, I couldn't imagine the human body in this this proportion this physique, yeah. and I just I was obsessed with it. I was like I need I, I need to look like that right not I want to I need to it's I had convinced myself yeah. that I needed to look like that so right. um, you know to the point where like uh, Arnold was coming to give a speech at Boston Common mm -hmm. and uh, you know back in the day there's no social media so it was like on the news because yeah. he was the head of the president's physical fitness under George Herbert Walker Bush sure and the sit and reach yeah, the whole yeah, thing, right? Yeah. And so he is going to come and give a speech about you now, and I was like, I, I, I just, I'm I there. had to be there. Yeah. So, I, my, you know, this is where like, good parents, they like, I had, I had great parents. Yeah. They, they, they did, they did right by me with, with a lot of things. Yeah. There were things that weren't great, but right. there were, you know, I think my father knew he's gonna fucking skip school tomorrow sure i was by the way this was like eighth grade oh get out like i was literally gonna awesome. be like i'm gonna figure out how to get to the t which isn't at the time was right. in braintree sure and i'm going to I'm take the t right? by myself i wasn't telling anybody about it like i that's at how 12. weirdly obsessed i was with it <laughs> and my father came down the next morning he's like hey i'm gonna take you into boston Commons so you can see Arnold schwarzenegger he must have known yeah. Like this, this, and he did. I mean, my, my dad never did stuff like that. Yeah. Like he would take me to football practice and whatever, but yeah. like, it was never like. It was the that, checklist. Items it was yeah, yeah. It was the checklist. Items. It wasn't like, like, you a, know, yeah. all right, I'll, you know, I'll take him a baseball, I'll take him a right. football, but, right. But it was literally, that was like one of those moments where I was like, 
dad's cool. Like he yeah. just let me skip school and took me in right. to see Arnold Schwarzenegger. Something I love. Yeah. So I never forgot that. And I just, you know, I, I, as having children now, I'm like, those are the things that like will literally impress them. Yeah. But this kind no of gives one, no you. No one needs an attendance award. No. <laughs> the physical far, fitness award. As as I'm yes. Yes. Right. That was important. Yeah. But no. So in general, like fit that side of the fitness industry which I didn't really understand yet, obviously, yeah. was something as a child that I was like, oh, just, this is just, this is my life. And I'm very fortunate. Like I knew at 12 what I want to do for the rest of my life. Sure. I didn't know the journey I was going to take. I still don't know. Right. <laughs> it's still always evolving. But, um, you know, we, we are, you know, we're age, ages are different. Yeah. And, but our lives have a lot of parallels, especially mm -hmm. in the last like three or four years. Yeah. Um, you know, both coming out of, long-term relationships yep. and then segueing into the next stages of our, yeah, yeah a lot of like self-reflection yeah which i think is a big part of like self-development yep. oh, um nice. yeah. is is becoming aware of like where you need to make changes mm -hmm. um and that's the thing that's the beauty of the fitness industry so you're into now what well, you're hold doing on. And specifically with you because i remember as a bodybuilding coach you said i know that i will be done when I come away from a show and I look in the mirror and I see the things I need to fix and I don't have the passion to address them. Right. But like, isn't that our life? It doesn't right. have to be fitness. Like we both came out everything. of those like yeah. relationships just to come together on a point. But yeah. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I know. Yeah. He dumped me. That's fine. Thank you. You're watching. I know. And I appreciate it. Right? <laughs> um, you never liked me. <laughs> understood that um but and he did what i wouldn't but it gave me the time right to say well why i'm just as much i'm 50 percent of this what did i do that contributed yeah. to this right and no then doubt. it's and it's holding up that mirror and they do it in aa with the 12 steps and holding yeah. you know holding yeah. yourself accountable to what's going on just so you're you know and then and it's just like everything like create a list and then decide okay i can fix this this and this right now i'll get to the other stuff later but yeah. it's a constant hopefully, you know, journey of improvement. Yeah. And I think when you're younger, so I was explaining this to someone the other day, I said, when I started bodybuilding, it was, you know, thank God, I guess at the time there wasn't, there wasn't a social media thing. Right. So like back in the day when I started bodybuilding, you had to win shows, big mm -hmm. shows to get noticed, to get supplement contracts, yep. to get potentially in the magazines and right. things like that. Oh, yeah, so, this was with Corey. We were talking about this. Yeah. yeah. And so that took time. Mm -hmm. um, it took time and effort and, you know, whatever. And that road wasn't for a lot of people. And I totally get why it was because you literally, like, I didn't have, in my, my opinion, I didn't have a career. My career was bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And oh, I worked in the gyms. Mm -hmm. I trained people, right? And I might have been good at both, but my passion was in bodybuilding. Right. And so what was left over, my clients right. got. This was like it was just a training was the vehicle to keep you in yeah, that space. Training gave me money you know, to do the other things. And, and you know, and I was very fortunate. I worked for great people and I and I was I had a great clientele. Um, you know, but it was always about bodybuilding and the next show and the yeah. next show and the next show. And the the interesting thing in, in, in retrospect, when I look back at it is how detrimental that can be because you lack balance. Right. Right. Um, and I used to say it to people all the time. I'm like, I have no balance in my life. I can't keep friends mm -hmm. because I can't hang out with them Yeah, because my lifestyle doesn't coexist with theirs. Mm -hmm. Girlfriends would just 
come and go because they couldn't put up with it anymore. It wasn't that you were mean or you were so self-focused dialed in, yeah. and dialed in and you just expected people to like get on the train. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And they would do it for a bit and then they'd realize like I'm getting this. I'm not getting any. I'm getting, yeah. It's yeah. not that it sucks. It's not that it's bad. It's that it's just a long haul. Right. You know, and what's it? What, and for and, what? And, for, and so what did I used to say to everybody? There's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, right. It took me 20 years to realize that. So when I started training people for shows, mm -hmm. sort of, we'll call it, I had two lives. I had like a life before Florida and a life after Florida. Right. And the life after Florida, when I took on teams, which was really with you guys, um, that's when I was what I consider like a mature bodybuilder that had way more balance in my life. I had, I was married. I the had wisdom, kids. Right? Yeah. I had wisdom. Yeah. I had acquired wisdom mm -hmm. and I would tried so hard mm -hmm. to give that information out. And you know, if random, I would say 1%, 2% of the people would hear some of the stuff mm -hmm. and you would watch people sort of do their thing. And you know, we saw it. We saw a lot of turnover. Yep. They do one, maybe two shows with us. And then they became experts mm -hmm. and they were either coaches or right. they'd run their own teams. And in it, it kind of hurts in the beginning yep. because you're human, mm -hmm. but then you start to realize like, all right, whatever. Like we still have our core and right. then there'd be new people come in, you train, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. It's funny. Cause I've thought about like how that could have been different and oh, it would have been now? a questionnaire at the beginning to see if you align. And a, a candidate. We talked about that. Yeah. We talked about how, remember, cause I remember you, me and Alicia sitting in the office and yep. saying, we need to do a better job of interviewing these people before. Yeah. It just never came to fruition. Right. So what do we, I think the funny thing is we kind of know our whole lives what's missing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it just takes us a long time to fill in those pieces. To because say it out loud. Say it right? out loud and, and yeah. kind of acquire the, the wisdom and the information and or let down the guard to be like therapist. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. You know, not an embarrassing word to say anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, no, nope. my 20s, I would never say that to sure. somebody. At 40, if you don't have one, I don't know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> like, and, and then also, it's a complicated you know, world. Sure. You know? And, you know, it's even still, there's still a stigma. I mean, it's certainly falling away because I feel like now, regardless of, yes, there's a health crisis on our hands with sure. regard to obesity, yeah. Yeah. but there's a mental health crisis going oh, there's on no right doubt. now, you know, and, and that's where it's going to get worse, too. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's but, like, gonna... that's where, um, the next wave is, you know, yeah. and it starts with, again, I keep going back to it, self-awareness. Yep. You need to be ready to be honest with yourself. And I feel a lot of us, and that's what I feel personally that COVID did. We're all, you know, quarantined. You're stuck in your home. Mm -hmm. You're doing the same thing every day. You don't have the distractions of going out to dinner or the bars or driving your kid to see Schwarzenegger or Little League or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And now it's like, oh my God, this is what it's all about every day. I've been running and, and supplementing and hiding a lot of this with all those other things in my life. The, yeah. The distractions of life. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. No, I think there were, there were definitely, so I think that's why the mental health issue is what it is today mm -hmm. because a lot of people couldn't handle that. Sure. Um, I think for people like ourselves that were, we're starting to make that turn already. Right. It was like, I know cause we hung out yeah. We were able, you know, before vaccinations, <laughs> we, we were, we got together cause we were, and we were upright. Like, yeah. Hey, are you comfortable with this? Yeah. Sure, right. Come on over. Yeah. Um, we were outside. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we, I knew I needed social interaction. Right. You know? And so and, it was, and that's also like, keep in mind, like, I feel like a lot of people were 
forced to stay inside. Sure. I've already had, and we'll talk about this at time. I've had my awakening, like my spiritual awakening. I've done the hard stuff on my own and i'm like oh sitting inside for a few months this is nothing compared to what i've gone through yeah but no, people weren't yeah. ready for that but i also knew myself well enough to say i need to to relax a little bit with these rules and go see my buddy yeah no you i know, hear you and see my my quote-unquote nieces like i yeah. need to see these people yeah you know? no i know and i so all right so let's tie in where you currently are yeah um because i think obviously with a lot, a lot of stuff we just talked about it'll make more, more sense, sense now sure. yeah um so you uh talk about reiki for sure okay yeah. so let me back into so i'm in the role as a personal trainer yes it wasn't apparent to me i just i've heard the term life code for many years right yep. and yeah yeah three years ago i was 31 and i'm like i remember saying it to rita bailey who is a nurse and mm -hmm. one of my older more mature clients but she had known me like basically my whole fitness industry career and I was like, yeah, I'm just feeling called to be a life coach of sorts. But like, what do I know? I'm in my early 30s. She's like, do you know how much I've learned from you? Like, you're already doing that. And then it, the light bulb clicked. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Rep sets fine. But I help people with lifestyle, sure. wellness, nutrition, rest, like stress, all of those things. So it got me to re um, revamp the idea of that. I just wanted to rebrand because I just I think life coaches is starting to get bastardized in in yeah. the world. You yeah. know, and no, so, I hear you. I agree. Um, and again, what do I know? You know, but um, so breakup happens. Had a fun summer, just like kind of partying, seeing friends, whatever, avoiding mm -hmm. what I knew I needed. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to go back to. So I grew up Catholic, and I tried to go back to the church. Mm -hmm. And I did it like, like a typical Christine, like, all right, we're going to shoulder this. I don't, it doesn't feel a hundred percent right, but I'm going to do it. I've had friends that I was going with, like there mm -hmm. were a lot of benefits, but like, and you'll appreciate this as a businessman week two, instead of the homily where they're trying to talk about the gospel, they asked for money. And I was like, this is just a bad business. Like, yeah. you need, right. So fine. Large, not largest nonprofit in the world. Right. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept going because I knew I needed some, something. That yeah. wasn't it, but like I needed to bide my time and just put my hang sure. my hat somewhere. Um, and one of my personal training clients uh, kept talking about, or she had mentioned therapy in our work together, but then she also mentioned Reiki, which I was familiar with. So Reiki is energy healing, and I'll get into that. But she had mentioned it, and I was familiar with it because my aunt uh, did it when I was in high school, and then my sister became a Reiki master as well. So I was familiar with it. And I even, my sister encouraged me to put my name into an online like attunement thing, which doesn't make sense now to, to non-Reiki people. But basically, how do I become like Reiki qualified? And it was like, you can put your name in this website and they'll do it. And I was, so I did that. And looking back, yes, things started to kind of change in college for me on that level. But uh, so she met, my client mentioned that she, her therapist, was a licensed social worker and did psychotherapy, which I knew actually. So my mom passed away and I went to go see a therapist then. And I, it was day one. And you know, you just know people. And I was like, this woman is educated and she knows her stuff, but she's not the woman I'm going to do the deep dive with. She's going to get me through the coping yeah. of mom, but we're not, that, we're not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, and then I met Liz, my then therapist. And so it was you know, 30 to 40 minutes of just talk therapy and the, the harder stuff, but then she would end it with Reiki. Um, so that was the first time I had like hands-on and energy mm -hmm. healing. So Reiki is 
um, either hands-on or off, but it is taking universal life force energy, which is in everything, right? It's mm -hmm. in the trees, it's in you and me, it's in everything and channeling it. So I'm essentially, and this is a perfect visual, you can't see it, but it's a milkshake straw. So when you are Reiki attuned one, two or master level, the straw just goes from being a regular McDonald's straw to getting to like milkshake size. So I'm just a conduit between life force and you. So I'm mm -hmm. a channel. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me if you're going through something. I don't take that on. I don't bur take that burden on. Yeah. It just, I work to clear you and essentially aligning your energy, your chakras. Um, so that's what I'm a Reiki master now. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it for two years, but I just started my own wellness practice of, you know, Reiki, but then also wellness coaching. So again, the other 23 hours in the day, Right. you know, yes, people come to me with weight, which I'm an expert at. Sure. In terms of, yeah, of hey, course. I'll tell you everything I did that didn't work and maybe you can learn from it. Right. But let's just talk this out and be open about, you know, things in your life. Um, but a lot of just trying to get people to be the better selves. So I've labeled myself as a Reiki master, but also conscious wellness empowerment coach. Nice. Yeah. Cool. We're doing it. Very cool. Thank you. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I to me... Although that's not the end of the journey, mm -hmm. right? Because that would be sort of like the opposite of what we're talking exactly, about. Exactly, right. I, I've always felt like fitness in general was, the, was a conduit. It's a start somewhere, mm -hmm. right? So I, I'm a huge believer in it. That's why we, like, we have different fitness people on, mm -hmm. you know? Um, some people will say, well, Reiki's not really fitness. Well, I don't know. It, it, it is to me. It's wellness. You know, it's, and so it's like emotional and spiritual fitness. So I think people will say like, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had my buddy Dave on, yep. um, Dave and I competed for years with each other. You know, we're, we're the, a prototypical, we, you know, bodybuilders. We up. did, yeah, yeah, we did it for decades and. And I've always said that you know, if I was ever to compete, ever compete again, I would go to Dave mm -hmm. like that. He would be my coach. Cool. He would be the one guy that I would choose to give me that direction. But ironically enough, like we had this long talk about bodybuilding and things we did and yeah. the people and all. And at the very end, he's like, hey, I do yoga now. Right. And I was like, man, right on. Go like, Dave! So, you know, I, I think it's important that people realize that the journey is should be ongoing, right? Correct. Like it should never ever stop right you know and it should always be about like what inspires you mm -hmm. right some people are designed to inspire others mm -hmm. some people are designed to be inspired right no, neither one is a bad thing right that is that is one thing i've learned at 46 years of my life is yeah. that I have encountered both types of people. And also you can oscillate between being mm -hmm. the inspirer and the inspiree, right? If like, you surround yourself with the right people. Right. And you know yourself well enough because there's a, a large burden I put on myself to always be that fitness professional, right. gym manager, personal trainer, da, 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 right, da. Right. and it was exhausting. I had a talk, uh, this is going to parallel into like business the other day, but I had a talk with a, a friend, a colleague of mine. Um, and I'm doing multiple things right now, which are, some of it is not related to fitness, but sure. it's business related, um, which I thoroughly enjoy as you know. Yeah. Um, and so I have a lot of balance in my life right now because I'm, I like to be going hundred miles an hour. It's how I operate the best. Yeah. And that actually brings me balance. Mm -hmm. Idle for me is really difficult. 
just uncomfortable, yeah. right? And I used to get, it used to bother me that I couldn't relax. And I'm like, wait a second, maybe this is just my natural design. Mm -hmm. It is my natural design. And I enjoy it. Yeah. Right? And so from next podcast, we'll be doing human, a human design profile on there. I'm just learning it. Nice. A lot to cover. Lovely. <laughs> so as we're discussing this, um, we were having really kind of a nice candid open discussion about like kind of where I'm at as a business person. Okay. Right. And it so parallels my fitness journey. Mm -hmm. And I, and I said to him, I, I said to this particular gentleman, I was like, I go, yeah, I'm like, it's running someone else's business has allowed me to take a step back from my own business right. and see all the faults yeah. that I would that I was never able to see whilst in it. While standing in the middle of the forest. Right. Right? And that's why that sort of analogy exists. And you can't see the forest amongst the trees sure. because you're you're so emotionally connected. And so one well, of the and, things and that, also burdened with the day to day oh, yeah. stresses. Like there's no, when you walk in here, there's no time to just because you always you'll walk in here like oh paper towels out in the right the bathroom right right. I remember I was I knew I needed to join a gym for, separate from where I worked where I worked because one day I was going to do a deadlift PR and a woman fitness yeah mom, I remember you, you know, telling me this taps me on the shoulder asked me to fill the sanitizer dispenser and I must have shot her a look that like sliced her head clean off right <laughs> I was like uh huh. Got it. You, you know, see those like, movies where like, lady, I, there's three yeah. plates on each side of this bar. What are we doing here? Yeah. You know, yeah. nowhere, but yeah. whatever. Um, but you can't, it does to it. And it's funny because anytime, and now there's a piece of my life where I feel like I am going to be, be a business coach of sorts, yeah, an operations coach. And it's because it's so much fun, more fun for me now to walk in somewhere else yes. and say, again, like a client, let's do an assessment strengths, weaknesses, what do we need to work on? And right. let's create a plan to improve it. Right. Because you and I are designed in this life to improve right. ourselves, others, fitness, business, whatever else, you know. And that is actually, so that's, you, you just put, you just literally stole the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I'm saying. What I've come to realize, again, through fitness, through this journey that I've taken yeah. was what my strengths and weaknesses are mm -hmm. and my strengths are always going to be whatever I can do to help people. Right. And the fact that I just happen to love numbers and mm -hmm. they geek me out and all that fun stuff yeah. that has allowed me to these, these new challenges or new opportunities. Yeah. And in this conversation with this gentleman, I, who I've known for a long time, I, I basically said to him, I go, you know, I literally, some people burn bridges. Mm -hmm. I have literally flamed torched and nuked them mm -hmm. and now looking back uh, not one of those those things was anybody else's fault but my own okay. specifically because i was so ignorant and so angry mm -hmm. that i couldn't execute a b and c mm -hmm. which was a hundred percent my fault because i wasn't delegating i wasn't i wasn't doing right. the things that now 15 years later i look at i'm like this is so easy. Sure. Why in the hell? Why was I trying to take it all on? So I, yeah. I equate that to like the same journey in my fitness industry, mm -hmm. right? So like when I started my gym, we went from like zero to successful like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, huh, like everything else I've done, this cool. is so easy. Right. Then we expanded. Then it was two gyms. Then it was, oh, got to restrict now back to one. Then one gym was just 
all towards sorts of bad decisions after other because it was all ego driven, mm -hmm. much like part of my bodybuilding career. Sure. Once it became about my ego, I became less successful. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because after the work I've done in myself, when I see somebody mm. speaking to creating that velvet rope, if I see a big ego coming, I'm like, we're not for Yeah, this other. is not going to work. I have no room for you. Right. And I think you probably could be really cool, but I just, I, right. I know myself well, you know? And I know athletes in general, like that's a part and parcel to, and that traditionally comes from either someone else building you up mm -hmm. or early successes or yeah. something along that line that you've you have built up this sort of narcissistic view of yourself mm -hmm. you know and therefore you're or using it as a mask for insecurities or it could be it could be the insecurity right? piece like the opposite quite a bit of that, yeah um but it's funny so like now that it's all sort of like much clearer mm -hmm. again it's self-awareness be like so for me it was probably about I would say when I got separated, yeah. right, my marriage, um, that was like a Full big slap. Yeah. slap in the face, mm -hmm. like, you know, take a step back, a lot of therapy, a yeah. lot of like self, self-discovery and this sort of awareness because I didn't go to therapy and be like, what did she do wrong? What I did is I said, all right, I'm the common denominator right. here. And, and I think if I can interject yeah, for a moment, free. because we both did this where it's, I will, what's the, the, uh, I always mess it up. So you'll have to figure, uh, like beat a horse to win the race. Like I'll beat a dead horse to win the race. I will do everything I can to keep the whole system moving. Right. Regardless of, of things. How, how you feel. Right? It's, right. it's, it's all right. It's trudging. It's trudging. It's trudging. And that's what Anthony gifted me through the breakup was. Rather than waking up in our forties or fifties saying, "I hate you," this yeah, this isn't <laughs> right. working, and like we have right. to do, or we live it out, and it's miserable for right. a long time. He just stood up and said, "Nope," right, and be, and it's the same thing. I so I put in all this work, and it happened with sports teams, it happens with businesses, mm -hmm. it happens with relationship, but it still failed. Right? But why? Right. Why? And right. again, common, not, you're absolutely right. Yeah. On the you are the common. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, I, so that was, so that was a lot of work and a great, great guy, great therapist yeah. and, and, you know, unique cause he knew me. Mm -hmm. So he knew how to come at me right. and it was very, so I'm a very black and white person. And he, was he a client? He was a client. Right. So the irony of the whole thing was his wife hired me to train him yep. and I was going through really bad depression at the time, sure. but I was so, no one knew about it, yeah. you know, um, cause I masked it really well, uh, including my wife at the time. And you know, it was just, I didn't understand it. I didn't know who, who to talk to about it. Cause I didn't understand it. I was like, yeah. how could I be depressed? Also, I did have... you grow up in a household where people talked about it? No, they didn't talk about anything. There you go. I grew but up, see, I grew right, up in an like, Italian household. No one talked about anything bad. Hey, it doesn't happen in the Irish <laughs> one either. I gotta, so I gotta be honest. So, but that's the thing. It's like, you weren't now with your girls and the children that you've brought into this world who you, whether you like it or not, you're their role model. It's like, no, you I can, I get it. You can normalize therapy and conversation, you, yeah. can, you know, so we, we, yeah, we, it's you know, obviously it's a different, um, the one thing that I work really hard on with them is I have, a, I have the, one of my fallbacks is self-deprecation, mm -hmm. do it all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's an insecurity. Yep. So you do it so that someone doesn't say it ahead of time. Right. Right. You so I work that all, I work on, on that a lot of time with them. Cool. Right. So and there is I'm no, self, work on it with you. there's no self deprecating. <laughs> um, so, and we work on negativity, like, 
Yeah. You're too young. To, you're literally too young to talk about anything negative. Yeah. I say it all the time. I was like, there's nothing. Until you start paying a mortgage and taxes, right. you have nothing negative. Right. You get stuff all the time. Right. But it's like that's you know, a learned behavior. It is a learned behavior. Right? Like that's a mindset. Yep. And it's much like uh, racism isn't. No. It's taught. Of course it is. Negativity is taught. It and is. It's a cancer. It is. Much like racism. But like right. the it will spread if yeah. you keep fostering, if you keep putting fuel in that fire. Yeah. yeah no and doubt. it'll torch your, your village. It's nuts. Yeah. 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 So we, you know, so the, you know. The f interesting thing about the the whole thing, kind of bringing it full circle, is each journey has parallels to the next journey, where it actually leads. And if you're just just become slightly aware mm -hmm. when you're younger, I right. wish I was more aware when I was younger. But if you're just open and slightly aware when you're younger, like in your twenties, sure. you you can make definitively better choices mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. All right, which sometimes are hard. A yeah. lot of the hard choices are the ones where I messed up. Right. The easier ones were okay, like, you know, like, and I don't do, and I tell this to my kids, but I also said to, to everybody, I'm like, regret's like a wasted emotion. Mm -hmm. So don't regret it. Just look back and be like, okay, no guilt, don't shame. do that again I or learn my lesson. Learn my lesson. Right. Sure. And that's it. I think, like, you know, with each, because failure, and I, my friend Mandy, with whom I do women's retreats and Rachel, but Mandy said, like, nothing's wasted failure there are lessons to be oh, learned and so you much. take on what you need to know you know and then you cut it away That's i it. often think of um warren buffett when mm -hmm. people start talking about failures and successes and stuff like that and he does a quote an interview and and it's a it's a time like a forum yeah and people will ask him about like oh what was your what was the first time you made a million dollars well like you know it, he's a billionaire sure. like of course yeah you're gonna ask him you know he's 80 something years old and he's you know like wise. and he's wise yeah. right and so he, he, there's a quote and I, i'm paraphrasing it because i don't have it like you know locked into my brain but he basically says i'm always amazed at how everybody asks me when i made this and how much i made yeah. and which how did i know that this what stock was going to be this or this commodity was going to be this but no one ever asks about my failures mm. Because I've failed a hundred times more right. than I succeeded. It's just that my successes were huge right. and everybody focuses on that. I would rather teach people my failures at this point in my life. Yeah. I did this. Don't do this. But that's what we do as coaches, whether fitness. And that's my main goal through mm -hmm. my wellness practice is, hey, I did, right? Specific, specifically with weight loss. I did Atkins. I starved myself. I over-exercised. I did... Carbs, I did it all. Yeah. I don't want you to go through that. So here's here are the bullet points of what I learned over time mm -hmm. in an effort to kind of give you some shortcuts and hope you don't have to make this journey as long. Because I hope you don't hit it at 31, right. 34. I hope you hit it sooner. Right. But sooner could be 43. I don't know when your journey started. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, everybody. I mean, you can't control when somebody gets to you. Right. And I've <laughs> always said that too. Like I have a young kid that wants to be a bodybuilder. And I'm not like, oh my God, don't do this. But I'm trying to give him perspective. I was like, you're 18 years old. Great. Be 18. Be 18. Yeah. I said, enjoy it. I was like, I, if it was me, and, and and you know, he's like, I want you to be my coach, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, well, before we go down that, that road, I don't think you should get on stage until you're like in your mid-20s. Mm. He's like, wait, what? I was right. like, yeah. Nobody wants to hear that because you I, want the instant gratification of I was like, you need to do, first of all, you need to do the work. Second of all, you need to live your life, okay? The the beauty of body, especially especially for men, 
is that it's actually a later journey because mm -hmm. your body matures and there's a whole reason why you should be competing in your early 30s. Right. You know, mm -hmm. maybe start in your mid 20s to get, uh, but I'm like, you got so much time yeah. to put in, and the and then he'll send me pictures from Instagram yeah. of like other kids his age, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying, but that's a different thing. Yeah. If you want to be an Instagram model, I yeah. guess I don't know, is that influencer, what they call it? Influencer, yeah. okay, influencer. Yeah. Then then that's fine too. You don't need a coach for that. But why are you doing it? That's what I asked him. I was like, don't answer me. Answer yourself. Yeah. Answer the why. Yeah. Is it for self-gratification, meaning like you, you you want people to notice you? That These are all your answers. Right. It's okay they, to have a six-pack. fine. But why? <laughs> right. Just ask yourself like the end, what's the end goal mm -hmm. here? Because for me, when I started competition, I know what it was. It was I had put weight on in college. I sort of lost some mobility yeah. from a football standpoint. Okay. So I came home. My trainer was like, what happened to you? And I, I thought, I was like, well, I put on weight for football. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm husky. I'm, like, I'm ready. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but I did say to him, I was like, geez, I'm not as quick. And some of my agility is gone. He's like, yeah, you need, you, you got fat. Right. I've never been fat in my life. Sure. I didn't think I was fat. And I don't think in general, you know, this was 1994. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like you couldn't call someone fat back then. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think he meant it like that. I think what he meant was like... You lost it. You lost what you had, yeah. the symmetry and, you know, things. So he's like, why don't you do a bodybuilding show? And that was just so appealing to me because mm -hmm. think about this. Four years, five years before that, I was skipping school to go see Schwartz. Sure. It. So I was like, bodybuilding show? Yep. Home? <laughs> like, yeah, it was literally... It was Scooby-Doo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and he wrote... I wrote out what I ate. He literally put lines through it. Sure. And I think I ate chicken and like vegetables for like three and a half weeks. I lost all this weight. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody, but yeah. that's what I did. Got up on stage, did my first show. And guess what? I got killed. Everybody knows this story. But guess what I found out? I liked the interaction. Right. I was like, yeah. I, so, so then you go back to work and you're like, okay. How do I, how do I now win right. and still get this interaction okay, and feed the animal, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that was sort of like the start of it. Um, and, and then it translated to football. Like all of a sudden I went back and the guys in the locker room were like, I remember like it was yesterday, my quarterback looked at me and goes, what the hell are you on? Like I was like, oh my God, someone accused me of steroids? Chicken and veggies, This is baby. fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, the going from like a fourth or fifth string running back to starting to yeah. all of a sudden the accolades were coming on both sides. Well, cause what and I was like, I was feeding anyway. both of the animals, you know, mm -hmm. like I was, and I was like, Oh, I can live this sort of double life. I yeah. can be a football player and ease up on the diet yeah. and kind of do that stuff. Well, and, and diet for that, yes. that goal. Right. Or diet. Drink some beers diet. on Saturday nights right. with the with the fellas and then diet not restriction, but diet as the cumulative amount of food that you're eating. Right. right? Which is right. So, yeah. Issue, so anyways, and it was like uh it was I was able to feed both sides of the ego, really. Yeah. It was like could be a great football player and a bodybuilder at the same time. Yeah. And that was that, you right. know. So um but but my point being is that without those experiences which is, you know, I, I remember when you, it's like going interviewing for a job, right? Someone's like, well, I can't really hire you because you don't have any experience. And yeah. like, well, how the hell am I supposed to get experience without it? Right. It's that, it's the sort of chicken and egg thing. It's yeah. like, I, you know, my young kid that I was telling telling you about, I was like, it's, I know what he's thinking. Like, Fuck you. I want to do this now. Yeah. And I totally understand that, except you're going to be a better version of yourself all the way around. Right. 
at 25. Sure. It's almost like my opinion. This is just my humble opinion. I don't think any kid should be going to college at 18. No. I shouldn't have been. Oh, hell no. That was way too immature. No, no. And like the the amount of money it costs. I know. To go dick around for two years before you specialize and figure out what your major is. I mean, I I, I would love to see, uh, you know, in a, in a, a grinder scale, like the JUCO or the, the smaller community colleges. Mm-hmm. And then you exit out and yeah. go into. So do your two years. Get save your, your family a hundred grand. Yeah. Get all your prereqs done, and then you go off to your higher institution. Because, by the way, you'll end up at better schools yep. because you got – you should be able to do a little bit better. Right. You know? Um, and You get how it works because a yeah. lot of schools don't prepare. Like, I was fortunate to – my parents prioritize education, so, like, I was prepared. Yeah. But not maturity-wise. I wasn't. No way. I, I, you know, I mean, it I took could me write a, the hell – I wrote yeah. paper – I should have a – uh, minor in CJ because of all the the athletes that had, they were all CJ majors and I wrote a ton of papers, <laughs> yeah. but didn't get that part of the degree. But like I knew how to write, like and that was a little side hustle of mine in college. But like I had no business trying to manage a life at that point. No, mm-hmm. no, I I think most of us are unprepared for that. You yeah. know, um, you know, we talked about that. I think me you and Corey were talking about that. Like my right. I, my thought process would be almost like Israel, like. Your your military do your military like you know for a variety of reasons which we don't need to get into about something that creates order and discipline and and you know and teaches you to grow up a little bit and have maturity and manage yourself how the world how about this how about managing a checkbook and yeah you know and and these other things doing your taxes and and some self development Mm -hmm. getting self development at a younger age we don't when's the first time. I mean, I, I mean, I'm older than you, so mm-hmm. like self development, like that was like almost. I want to say like, I think I was 22, first time I started reading, like sales books, mm-hmm. which would have been like Dale Carnegie, yeah. uh, How to Win Friends and Influence yeah. People. Yeah, mine was post college. Mine was when I first started because I wanted to learn uh, how to be Tom the, Hopkins better in the fitness industry. Yep. Yeah, but it also Tony the, Robbins to some extent. But the, just, the gentleman at that time uh, suggested Zig Ziglar, like Zig that's Ziglar. who he yep. looked to, you know. Yep. But I and one of my main big reach goals is to be write a book, be a motivational speaker, go sure. on tour, whatever. Because in seventh grade at Our Lady of Sorrows School in South Orange, New Jersey, I couldn't tell you what this woman spoke about, but I remember sitting in the, and we weren't all the way in the back because we were seventh graders, so eighth graders behind me, and I'm like looking and I'm tractor beaming into this woman being like. Her passion, her, I don't, and again, don't know what she talked about, but if I could be that for somebody, that's what I want. So for me, it was, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I, I know at this point, that's not something that I would generally be interested in. I like the one-on-one interaction yeah. better, but um, I remember, uh, I, I think I, I, I know I bought the book and I probably turned you on to it, was um, Dr. Rick Rigsby, mm-hmm. when he does that speech about his father being a third grade dropout and then he wrote a book about it and if for any of you guys that might be interested like it's probably a seven minute speech that he gives at a graduation i i apologize i don't know the exact thing i will i will get it for you yeah it's such a lincoln bio yeah yeah check out check out check out the the gram it'll be in there um but it it was it it touched me in so many ways it was so it's so stripped emotionally for him how he gives this speech. He's a great, great speaker. Yeah. And he does this for a living. This sure. is what he does. Yeah. Um, but 
that was for me, that was the first time I had heard somebody and I'd heard Tony Robbins as no shot at those guys. I had, um, I had the privilege of meeting, uh, Jim Rohn. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've, I've had some interactions with some really famous motivational speakers and, 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 you know, current day philosophers, right, really. Right. Um, but it was Dr. Rick Who Rigsby. worked for a lot of people, but oh, that too, like, I yeah. know, you know, you know now you're not the coach for everybody. I know that too. Right. Those people weren't the right motivation for you. Right, because yeah. they couldn't connect. But it was mm -hmm. one one guy giving a seven-minute graduation speech yeah. about his dad Right. that connected with me. Not because there was parallels between our lives, but just this sort of, the way, it, way he told the story and the connection to it. And it was really more about, like, the how his parents had prepared him for the rigors of life because mm -hmm. uh, i don't want to give away the that i want people to listen to the speech but it it was there was tragedy that happened in this man's life and the fact that he was able to overcome that tragedy yeah. and be where he is today yeah. which is kind of like that's what opened me up because at the time i was going through my divorce yeah. you know the beginning parts of it and if anyone has ever been through I don't care whether divorce is like death. Mm -hmm. It's the psychologically exact same thing. Yeah. And you go through the same level of emotions and loss things like and that. Yeah. It's loss and grief. And then, you know, there's a lot of Anger. massive amounts of self doubt. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so that for me was sort of like the, the, a turning point. Not only was I with my guy, Corey, um, who was helping me out dramatically. He knew it. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't admitting it. You know, it was one of those like dynamic relationships. But that's like a good It's a coach, great coach. Right? Because that's what, and I touched on that earlier. You probably knew sooner than I did, but you weren't going to tell that to me. You know? As far as? Bodybuilding and like, is this really, is this making you happy? Right? Is this the best thing for you? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think the first time you did your show, I, I will say like, I, I can think of, and I've probably trained 30 odd people for shows mm -hmm. maybe more that if I, if I really broke it down um you kendall alicia sturt those are the four that pop in my head right away mm -hmm. that watching you guys on stage was a, like almost parent proud Aww. you get to that point where you're like because i Sturt was was about undoing a lot of bad stuff yeah. and giving an avenue to build his confidence again. Sure. The genetics was there, yeah. right? But it was, does the man, can I get the guy to believe in it as much as I do? Right. And he did, and, yeah. I got, and I got there. And so, you know, there forms that friendship and bond. You and Alicia both had genetic flaws, yeah. no doubt, mm -hmm. but overcame them through hard work, desire, yeah. And the ability to stand up there, I still, re I still remember your, the color of your suit, you posing. Like I was like, oh my god, she looks amazing. Yeah. You know. Um, Which that morning I was like, I'm not doing this. Oh, I know. I'm yeah. not doing this. <laughs> um, Alicia was Alicia's career went longer than I thought it would, mm -hmm. and she literally maximized everything yeah, out of that. So it. I. I give and her like, a shit ton of kudos because woman practice posing like no and like she's probably one of my favorite people on that end. She yeah. you, I I never needed to like worry about that end with her. Yeah. And then Kendall was the ultimate genetic prodigy mm -hmm. who could have just relied on that, yeah. but just gave me everything. Right. 
she never it was never like ah, you know i just didn't do it this time it it's was like, oh i all, made protein pancakes yes what's a protein pancake it was literally like <laughs> you said four pieces of broccoli i had right. like you know what i mean like yeah. so um there were plenty of people that i had great relationships along the way that yeah. i really enjoyed them um but some of them were like you know genetic i mean there were some some of those people i don't even remember a lot of the names there's a couple of girls from worcester that were genetic Monsters. prodigies yeah and for one reason or another it was either the connection wasn't right. there um and then there were others that like didn't have the same um or there were there were some that were really genetically gifted there's one particular woman i'm thinking of right now that just wouldn't give me the effort right she couldn't get it out of her right. and that became one of the things where i was like i knew i was like how do i get rid of you yeah because it's i'm this is dragging me down i'm bummed right. out Right. by this you know um yeah i'm trying to think others like there really wasn't a lot i mean the cool I, about our team just to talk kind of briefly before yeah. we get back to like the other stuff is that we became the team for like we gave everybody a chance whether you were a genetic freak yeah or you were in a female in your 40s who wanted to do a show to say that you could do it bucket lists were fine right. by us yeah you know yeah. The problem is when, uh, or what I what I viewed, and I think we ended up running up against was the people that we treated everybody the same. They got the same. They got the same prosing practices. They got the same time. They got the same right. nutrition. But the same, but the same level. Yes. Um, they got all the workout stuff. Right. Like we did everything and treated everybody the same. But I, there's a human nature that happens that you you migrate to the people you connect with. Yep. Number one, mm -hmm. right? Number two um it that there are people that you know are going to perform better right and by perform better you know you know they're practicing they're posing they're they're probably more gifted genetically right. so you migrate towards them that's well and there's that or then like you you know it's like or you fall in love with they, the people that are hard like the harder workers right like the you person know? that doesn't buy their heels after we told them to. I'm like, what am I, what, why are you here? Right, what are right, you know, like right, you, right. the energy or lack thereof. Lack thereof. Present, it's all know? about, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of like, I mean, I, I'm glad we did it. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was glad when it was over. Same. Yeah. Um, you know, because I. A lot of lessons. There were, yeah. there were. Uh, and know? from a biz, like not a, just interpersonal and how to manage people, right? Because like that's what sure has become a strength of mine over time. Um, but also like how to run something, like run right. a business differently than a gym. Well, and for me, it became, you know, it became our in-house show. Mm -hmm. I was right. like, oh, cool. You know what? Like we could just do this in-house, sure. you know? And so, and each year that's evolved in different ways. Like yeah. this year it was a photo shoot because we didn't get a huge turnout. Last year, obviously COVID. The year before that was a huge show, like for us, right. you know? And, uh, you know, and then the two years prior to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't been to, I don't think I've been to a show. Maybe Joy's show was the last one, mm -hmm. right? So you're, that's... Yeah. I knew my Five and Alicia helped me with this because you hang on to like, I'm a bodybuilder, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, I stopped following people. So on Instagram and Facebook, I started hiding friends or just unfollowing them completely because yeah. I was like, I don't want to see all, it's not making me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know? hear you. I hear you. Yeah, and yeah. that helped like a big, big switch. Well, I think so to tie that all into this like sort of like health fitness thing, yeah. um, I do think that social media, in my opinion, 
And now you get it. This is sort of hypocritical. This is literally going to go out via social yeah. media. Um, no, watch it. Yeah, I mean, definitely watch <laughs> definitely it. This is awesome. Subscribe, for um, sure. But in general, um, one of the things that Corey taught me right off the bat was like, listen, you, you need to cut out people out of your social media when you have a phone because because it emotionally yeah. it it takes up space yeah so whether it's former clients you're falling out with or people that have worked for you falling out with yeah. or your ex-wife right. like you know or friends of or friends of yeah. and stuff like that so those are that's honestly it's awesome advice and it's not and you're it's not healthy. doing anybody a disservice you're literally doing yourself a service by saying hey you know what like i don't need to I'm not one of those people in general that needs to see everybody's stuff anyway. Sure. But I, Do I certainly don't need to. But I definitely don't need it in my face about, yeah. you know, stuff that I know is going to either upset me or take up room that right. I just don't have the capacity for yeah, right now. putting up that boundary for yourself right. to protect right. yourself. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, there's so many parallels. I mean, we've ventured off into some really yeah. interesting space today. So um, we're going to wrap up. But tell me in a, in in a nutshell, this is me in a nutshell. Um, what, you know, what's the next year of your life look like? Like year, as far huh? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean like, you know, where, where do yeah. you see your practice going? Yeah. T- t- tell me a little bit about like what you're doing out in Zion. For sure. Yeah. You so know. right now, I mean, I've been at one brick and mortar location for eight years and what I'm loving about, and it's taken me five weeks to kind of come down from having all those plates spinning in the air. Um, and just be able to relax, but I'm really enjoying being able to kind of, uh, choose my schedule. That's huge. Right. So that freedom, but with that is coming like a smattering of different things. So, um, big into the women's retreat space right now, mm-hmm. and that will eventually in time be co-ed, you know, and, and things and, and whatnot, but just wellness. When we, I did a retreat in May out in Minnesota, um, at the point retreats, which is a phenomenal facility and they do a, a, a myriad of different things. Um, but when we were doing the calls for that to prepare, it was creating a, we were specifically worried about create people creating a wellness web. Yeah. Talk to your doctor, but also talk to a holistic practitioner, work on energy healing, talk to a therapist, like what can, you know, your life doesn't just have to be prescriptions and what the doctor says and your BMI. Right. Right. Um, so there's that, there's the wellness. So that's the next retreat is out in Zion. It is another, uh, female specific, uh, retreat. And that's going to be in September and amazing. Um, as a Reiki master, I can teach Reiki. So I'm, you know, I have a Reiki one course coming up as well as a master course with my, uh, my mentor turned colleague. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will continue probably just bringing more awareness to people just kind of getting their energy, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like a safe space where it's like, I know there's a mental health crisis on everyone's horizon, yeah, but maybe if we just talk about it in, in terms of like energy expenditure and like kind of filling your cup back up, it's a little bit more tangible and safe for you or anybody, not you specifically, but yeah. my, my viewers, um, to just understand and conceptualize rather than be like spiritual awakening. It's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that yet. Yeah. Um, I just accepted a position as a adaptive personal trainer for kids for summer camp, nice. which is, um, it's four weeks. I'm so excited. I've got virtual clients. I'm helping out at, um, a gym still like kind of moonlighting as a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just finding my groove Cool. and it, for the first time I'm, I'm living my life by my own terms, which I don't think I've ever really done a hundred percent up until 
It's really cool. It's really fun. I mean, don't quit your jobs today. No, right? don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't just quit your job. Although Ed's hiring. I am hiring. Uh, I finally got her to do some work for me, though. We so, did it. How many times did I offer you a job? A whole bunch. My okay. favorite is your... Wait, hang on. Let me count, yeah, the, let me count is, the little right? marks. Yeah. Uh, I've got 18 I'm tattoos. I'm like, I can't leave. <laughs> um, it's all good. But yeah, I think like, you know... We're in the fit, the fitness industry, but wellness specifically. What I will say, and you have two girls, and I don't know if you've attempted a French braid yet, but it's coming, okay? Okay. A French braid starts with three pieces, and then you continually pull hair so that it turns into the... So a braid usually is like a ponytail that you just intertwine the three. Yeah. French starts here, and that's what I like. A wellness profile, right? There are a few core values in your life that you need. And I believe one of them is fitness, specifically Mm -hmm. movement. So my business is called Conscious Wellness and Movement. Yeah. Again, I'm not here to count reps and sets. That's not my thing. Yeah. But I do believe that it's a pivotal piece. You need to be healthy. You need to be moving. I believe the most in functional wellness, right? Getting your body from the core out to be strong and move well and not have joint pain or like bad posture and all those things. But Hey, if Zumba's your thing and right. it brings you joy, oh, there you go. There's the joy. There it go is. goddamn yeah. cha cha. Yeah. I hope I did. <laughs> I did one Zumba class. That was it. Yeah. And I'm a da- I, like I like to dance, but like not in that form, you know. Mine usually comes with alcohol. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Good. Good. Stuff, you know, but that's kind of fun. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Don't do that in the gym. <laughs> the party yeah. before a Zumba class. Oh, it's or kickboxing or yeah. bodybuilding or CrossFit or Soul Cycle, like yeah. whatever it is. I hear you. You need to move. That's it. It's funny. Um, I I love. This is gonna sound super nerdy, but I love like ancient philosophy a lot. Yeah. And one of my favorites is Marcus Aurelius. Okay. And one of his favorite favorite things to talk about is movement. Yeah. How good it is for the soul and the body. Yeah. That was two thousand years ago. Right. So they knew then, and we've become, I think, just really lazy yeah. as a society. Yeah. But it is in, and, and I think mainly because we we boxed everything into like well you have to do this no no, no. yes yeah. right like if not only should information you, you should coming always in try everywhere. other things too right. like last right. year for me it was climbing i loved it yeah and i want to get back into that again because it was joyful right there are very few things and i and i mean this and I, I'll, I'll sort of leave this because we've talked about yeah. this um and it's a good you thing have to do things you have to do things that bring you joy and you know, people would watch this or hear this and say, well, yeah, no, I do a lot of things that bring me joy. No, you, you don't. Right. Because. Because what were, you explained your bullet points of what joy is. So um, I was having, I was having a conversation with someone about this and I was also, I, I read a ton, mm-hmm. but and when I say that it's not from an impressive standpoint because I read it like a fifth grade level. So like I do audible books. Yeah. I, I, I listen to, I listen to a lot of audible books yeah. because that's something that I can do while I'm driving. Um, I always, if you come to my office, there's books everywhere. I might read for 10 minutes yeah. because then the ADD kicks in or something, ha- something comes up that I have well, the to. Paper towel I goes yeah. Paper yeah. towel as well. <laughs> um, if you go to my house in my bedroom, there's five books laying there. I pick them up. I read like a passage or I, I'm always, always trying Curious. to yeah, yeah, curious George here, right? And I'm trying so hard to, to feed that other side mm-hmm. of my brain so it helps me make more intuitive decisions, yeah. better decisions, um, and more educated yep. decisions. One of the things that I was listening to was Matthew McConaughey's Greenlight. Yes, and I still haven't downloaded it. And I still owe you a book too because I, I got to get you that oh, stoic yeah. meditation. Um, but anyways, 
during this thing, during this sort of dialogue, and it's phenomenal because he's a wonderful narrator, yeah. which makes a huge difference huge. when you listen to a book. But everything he talks about is like your life gives you – everybody's like, well, life gives you green lights and red lights. Well, you can choose to pay attention to the red lights mm -hmm. or you can just focus on the green lights. That's sort of his philosophy is like mm -hmm. green light, green light, green light. A lot of people don't take them. Mm -hmm. Right. So he talks about why he's been successful because he was like, yeah, at a young age, I was taught to take the green lights, mm -hmm. not just stop at the red lights, but really take the green lights. Right. Anyways, he brings up a point about joy and he starts talking about joy. And there are things that he's done in his life. And, and it's variably only been a few times that he's had pure joy, but he seeks joy, not happiness. And I was like, what? Who doesn't seek happiness? Right. Well, if you start to break down the difference, right, happiness are, can be fulfilled with stuff. Right. Or things, Material. right? But joy costs nothing, mm -hmm. should never cost you anything. So I sat there and I thought to myself, I'm like, what brings me joy? It was really depressing because I couldn't think of anything yeah. that brings me joy. Yeah. Until I started thinking about my kids leave on Sunday. Yeah. And I don't get to see them again until Wednesday when they get off the bus. And of course, this was happening during school time. And also to pause, mm -hmm. like you're finding joy in a moment of despair, right? Sure. Right. Of like those three yeah. days without them is probably pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, that you was know? that was the the you know not to harp on that, but the hardest part of that separation was that 72 hours yeah. was or slightly less, whatever. But was I had. I think I talked to you multiple times about yeah. it. The hardest time for me was the hour before they left yeah. and that time frame before when they came back. Yeah. It was, it was, there was a huge amount of anxiety before they left yeah. that was intolerable. Like mm -hmm. I, I turned into somebody else. Yeah. I would snap at them. I was just, I was, you know, so I had to get a control of that. And then that became an easier thing to do because I would, Corey and I worked on like you basically got to keep me busy. Sure. You know? And, and so we came up with a, like a schedule, like, okay, I, I'll drop the kids off. I'll go food shopping. Right. Like it was just keep your mind going. Yeah. So it's not idle. Yeah. And so it, we came up with ways sure. of doing it. So yes, it, it took some. So my point, I guess we're getting back to the joy thing was when my kids get off the bus, right. They get off kind of down the street, like three or four houses down. Yeah. Right. And I'm all, I always make sure I'm home. I mean, there's literally nothing that will keep me from being there when they get off the bus, yeah. right? So I'm always home. Traditionally, wh whether it's snowing out, it's 20 below, or it's a 97 degrees, I'm there in the driveway, yeah. right? And traditionally, I'm at the top of the hill. We have a long driveway, but sometimes I'm on, on the porch or whatever. Leg day. <laughs> leg day. Leg day, yeah. Leg day. I'm, I'm sitting in my little chair on the porch. But anyways, long, long and short of it is... Walk, they don't walk home. They get off the bus and they're just flailing. Yeah. If you watch this video, it's like arms are flying, bags are going. No coordination. Just there's <laughs> – yeah, you know, there's not a lot of athleticism going on there. And they just can't – it's that – that 30 seconds yeah. is the most joy I take yeah. out of my week because yeah. it's pure. I don't have to buy it. Mm -hmm. it's it's the and it's embrace i get a huge hug sophia's my hugger yep. you know and blake will run as fast as she can and then she sort of gets there and she's me she's more stoic she's more like she gives you the shoulder she gives me a little you. bit of like yeah, yeah she's like kind of like hey what's up yeah you know and so we're working on it 
you know, um, you know, so now, so, so she's the one like Sophia will give me a big hug. So now I make it. So Blake has to give me a kiss. Okay. And so I'm breaking my habits. Right. Right. By yeah. saying like, okay, like healing, generational, yeah, healing. generational healing, but yeah. that's my pure joy. And you know what? It's okay. If I only have one. Yeah. It's all right. Sure. There will be more. There's tons more. Now I know what I'm looking for though. Of course. Right. And so I would challenge everybody, you know, not to one, listen and or read Green Lights okay. by Matthew County because it's phenomenal. And his life story is actually really great. And, and it, I think it'll change your mind. I don't love all his movies. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could I, deal with that fool's gold. Yeah. And Sahara was pretty bad. But like, <laughs> you know, uh, a, t- a Time to Kill was phenomenal. Sure. So uh, we, can all, we can all, we can all, Days and Confused, yeah. which, you know That's what his, a fun story. You know what his, yeah, his story about yeah. that. Yeah. For his first line ever recorded that ever went out was, all right, all right, all right. And it right. was an ad lib, wasn't it? It, it was an ad lib. He wasn't even supposed to be, he was, he was supposed to drive in the car yep. not and not have any lines. Any speaking role, yep. A, a, and again, if you listen to Greenlights, you realize why he's a successful yeah, person. There are also, he's been on podcasts, I, I forget which one, but he'll go over, you know, to sell yeah. the book on his tour. Sure, sure. Um, but he's a phenomenal entertainer. Like, he's a good storyteller. Yeah, you know? he is a very yeah. good storyteller. So, and 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 one of the things that I've thus taken, taken away from it was, you know, you need to, don't seek happiness, seek joy. And, mm. and figure out on your own what that means to you. Yeah. Don't, Take it from Matthew. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from Christine. Like, figure out on your own what that means. What where your joy lies. It might. It's not going to be instantaneous. It took me a long time to find out what joy was, and it was. Yeah. It was that connect. It was like, oh my god, it's when my kids get off the yeah. bus. Because it, what joy for me is, is is a different emotion. Mm-hmm. It's like you feel it in your body. Holy crap! It's two forty-five. I got to get out of here. I yeah. have to be there by the right. time. Like, there's nothing that will keep me yeah. from being there when they get off the bus. One, because my mom was always there. Mm-hmm. And so I, there was a sense of like, mom's always home. Right. Mom's going to be there. Regardless of what's there's going ne- on. Regardless of what's going on. Yeah. There's like a safety, uh, you know. And in my case, my my kids don't get to see me for that period mm-hmm. of time. So there's that almost, it's almost like, it's awesome. It's like reconnecting, mm-hmm. you know. Now it's summer vacation. We don't get the same like, you know, yeah. exact same thing. But Joy is joy, and it and if I think most people don't. But then, like it, you know, it summer vacation fine, but like you oh, talked no, we, about Father's yeah. Day and like what that brought to you. Oh, you know? God, yeah, your kids bring you a ton. Yeah, of my money. kids bring me a ton of joy, yeah. and and you know what? And so for me, that is enough right now. Yeah, you know yeah. that's enough, and so I get a lot of questions like about my life on a regular basis, and and a lot of people don't love the answers. And I'm sure, like, I am very content and happy with where I'm at. And that is what we want for our clients, our friends, our family. Um, you can't fix everybody, but you can, you can help them until the extent that you can help them. And once you realize you can't turn them on, I mean, I did that with you Mm -hmm. and one of my people, Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't coach this person anymore. The connection's not there. Can you help this person? Yes, I can. All right. Great. And that will, that will work until it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, all right, we're going to wrap this up. This was phenomenal as always. We'll bring Christine back because we you got, were, Hey, to be, and not to be like too emotional, but you bring me joy in our friendship. I know, you said that to me and that's super, that's it's super okay. nice. You might, you might get a tear, but like I, our, I, I cry off camera. our <laughs> long-term like friendship and what we've gone through both, you know, together yeah. individualistically, 
the good and the bad, like the fact that I can call you in any moment and know you're there for me. Absolutely. You're on the porch, man. I'm on the you're porch. You're waiting for me on the porch. Always. Always. Yes, stud. I know. I try. Yeah. Well, no, I will say, you know, uh, one, one more small little story. Um, go into your sister's house three years ago now was a bit of a lifesaver for me. Mm. That was a really emotional time in my life because yeah. there was a lot, there was so much going on. That's and... when we really started first hanging out too that summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, and that was a big, that was a big like, when things started to change. I was like full core press. I'm there like Ed's in my life. Like, let's yeah. do this. You yeah. know, it was a, it was, that was big for me. Yeah. I, I needed, I needed a support system. I didn't know where I was like, I don't know where to turn. And for me to pack the kids up and drive, what turned into like, yeah, forever to New, to New Jersey. Like, I'm still in Connecticut. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I made a bad decision. I got we're off. skipping the outlets yeah, in a couple of Yeah, we're going to skip the outlets. Yeah. But um, that was, I what, I what I came to realize was that like, there's just, there are really good people out there. Yeah. Your sister, who I'd never met, nope. like took me and my kids into your house and just treated us like family. And yeah. I was like, this is, you actually treated us better than family because my family wouldn't do that. Yeah. But um that was huge. Yeah. That was huge. And, and so that's like, like driving away was actually leaving that house that day was hard. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh my God, my kids had such a good time. Yeah. And I, it just, it was so comfortable. I'd finally gotten a level of like sleep and comfortable. Right. And I was like, Oh, this is just everybody that was there. Normally I don't like to be around a lot of people. Yep. It's just not my thing, you know? And especially people I don't know. Sure. And I was all like, all of a sudden it's like next day, oh, we're having a party. There's going to be a bunch of people you don't know there. And you're yeah. going to have to hang out with Just all of them. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, this, this is it. I'm breaking yeah. out, breaking the mold. It's yeah. happening today. So it was, that was and huge. That's, I, and that was like, huge. So I can't wait to go back. Yeah. Here. But that's like, and this is dragging on long, but like one thing that was taught to us by our dad and our family was you're always welcome in our home. Yeah. And so like. Every like friends are family. That's we. You're just the family we choose. So right, you're an honorary McDonough. Never thought. Well, I do have a little Irish in me. So 